This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Boy, this is tough to look at. The the picture of Dave Chappelle's attacker. Mm-hmm. Last week he was doing a show and uh, some guy ran up on stage, tried to tackle him. Speared him. Apparently he had a knife on him too. Yeah, this is so weird because he brought a knife in, but it was hidden inside a false gun. So the gun flip, like you pull the gun out, the knife flips out from the barrel of the gun. How is it easier to get a gun into the show than a knife? A gun-shaped knife. You know, hey, if you're going to try and smuggle a a knife into the the event, you better make it look like something else. Gotcha. (laughs) That's like... Gotcha. That's like trying to smuggle marijuana into the U.S. by hiding it in a bag of Coke. (laughs) The Coke is worse. (laughs) Yeah. But I, I was relieved because when I first saw the headline, like I'm a Chappelle fan, I've seen him live twice. I saw like the guy on the stretcher and it says, you know, Chappelle attacked at show. The guy on the stretcher, uh, you know, he's got his arm bent backwards. I thought it was at. Chappelle. And then and then I was like, oh, wait, that's the attacker. A little thumbnail and then you, you blow it up and you see the guy. It's tough to tell who it is because his face has been pummeled. And it looks like his arm is completely dislocated or broken because it's kind of on there backwards. Still handcuffed to the stretcher, but yeah. He got beat up bad, which is, is that a good thing? You got to deter people from running on stage and tackling celebrities. I mean, if you took a run at a prime minister or a president and you got shot dead, I don't think anyone would... uh, would feel bad for you because you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> yeah. I think you get what you ask for when you run on stage. And if you have a knife on you, they they don't know when to stop beating you up so you're no longer a threat. But I am worried that th- since they beat him up, like now he's not going to face any actual charges because if it went to court, he'd get off. He's not uh, going to be facing any felony charges. Chappelle doesn't want that. Huh. He says that he... Uh, he got got the security guards to let him. He wanted to have a face to face with the the guy who attacked him. Really, and he wanted to meet him. So Chappelle met the guy after he got tackled, and he says that for sure he's got mental health issues. Pretty much a given, since yeah, that's what I expected right off the bat. Dave asked the guy why he attacked him. He said his grandmother had been forced out of her Brooklyn neighborhood by gentrification, and he wanted to call attention to that issue. It doesn't sound like a, a rational way to get that point across. Yeah, I feel like Chappelle would be on your side for that one. After the show, Chris Rock was there too, by the way. <laughs> when the guy ran up on stage, Chris Rock was like, was that Will Smith? Oh, it's just too perfect. <laughs> and afterwards, they went to the comedy store in Los Angeles, Chappelle and Rock, and they did uh, a little stint on stage together. Uh, Chappelle told Rock, at least you got smacked by someone of repute. I got smacked by a homeless guy with leaves in his hair. <laughs> <laughs> and Chris Rock replied, I got smacked by the softest rapper who's ever rapped whoa shots fired may get smacked again if you're not (laughs) careful there chris rock the uh, 23 year old man uh, has pleaded not guilty to all charges Hmm. and again Chappelle is saying he thinks he was he's mentally ill yeah yeah this is the taz and jim podcast tough one for the toronto maple leafs last night they lost 7-3 to the lightning Game four is done. Heading back to Toronto tomorrow. Somebody check in on uh, on Caitlin's dad. Make sure he's doing okay. 
there's this uh, young woman who is posting TikTok videos of her dad watching Toronto Maple Leaf games. <laughs> and this guy, like, he is intense. I hope I was able to edit all the foul language out of this. But here's a little sample. This was actually from game two, I believe, when the Leafs lost to the Lightning. Listen. Why did you jump in this club? You look like you're playing baseball. You can see the frustration though in their faces, eh? Oh yeah. Who the you playing for? Really letting your grandma down. You gotta score one. You gotta put one in the net. Yeah, baby! Bunting! Four. Imagine game seven. <laughs> I, again, I think that audio is from game two. Was it? Okay, my mistake. I hope Caitlin's dad is okay because we haven't seen a video posted ah. from last night yet. Oh, boy. Oh, man. I, I have friends like that. Like, maybe not to that extent, I but kind of. I don't think I'm that passionate about anything. I kinda, Thank God. I kind of wish I was. I'm jealous a little bit. <laughs> you would be. Dying ten years earlier, if you were. Yeah, his that face is stressful. Is, his face is all red. He's got like a throbbing vein in his neck, one in his forehead. Yeah, yeah, it's just. <laughs> That's what it's like to be a Leaf fan. I guess. I know, but you think at one point you'd, uh, you know, set your expectations to a certain level. You know, be like, have we not been through this? <laughs> Send her a message. Let's see if we can get Caitlin's okay. dad on the air this week. That would be fun. We'll put the delay on just in case <laughs> yeah. he's still worked up. Rich Strike is coming up on the inside. Oh, my goodness. The longest shot has won the Kentucky Derby. Rich Strike has done it in a stunning, unbelievable upset. That's one of the biggest upsets in the history of the Kentucky Derby. Oh, man, kicking myself. Why didn't we bet $700,000 on Rich Strike to win the Kentucky Derby, Jim? <laughs> if we were smart, that's what we would have done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> one of the longest shots in the history of the race to win Rich Strike. 80-1 to 1 long shot wins the Kentucky oh. Derby on the weekend. And the worst part is... We had a friend at the Kentucky Derby. Our pal Hudson was down there. We could have easily called him. He could have gone up to the wicket and, and made a bet for us. He's on the phone right now. Hey, Hudson. Guys, how you doing? Good. How was the Kentucky Derby, man? An absolute over-the-top experience. I, I, everybody who says, I have it on my bucket list, well, make sure you do it because go next year. It is the, the city of Louisville opens the doors and they, they close their schools on the Thursday and Friday before the Derby. 
and the whole town embraces it. Yeah, it's like a like a weekend holiday there, huh? Yeah, and everybody embraces it, guys. It's 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 incredible that the parties and and you know what's really cool about it is the young kids get into it, like all the all you know, like right from the, everybody and all the kids wear their nicest dresses, the girls wear their nicest dresses, and the guys wear uh, suits and their loudest blazers, outfits. their biggest hats. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was awesome. How many people are are there at Churchill Downs? I was shocked to to hear the number of people in attendance. Yeah, well, the guys that I was down there with told me that it's usually around 170. It actually dropped. There's 147 thousand this year. They estimated attendance, but still, it's. (laughs) Have you ever been to an event with 147 thousand people, though, Jim? I've been to a town once with that many people. Especially at the tail end of a global pandemic. <laughs> you were uh, lucky enough. You've got some good friends down there, uh, Sarah and Campbell, and uh, they're associated with uh, one of the biggest uh, bourbon producers in Kentucky. Yeah, Campbell Brown is chairman of the board for Brown Foreman, and he married my friend Sarah Barker from up here. They met at a wedding in Toronto years ago, and then Sarah moved to Louisville, and then they've had they got two beautiful daughters. I stayed with at their house and um, and uh, they just yeah and they're just they just they are the king and queen of Kentucky. We went to some so many cool parties. Yeah, you were VIP. What is the what is the place? The Turf Club. It's like so. Imagine this: there's 147 thousand people at the Kentucky Derby, and on the top level there's the Turf Club, and above that there's an even more exclusive club. And somehow Hudson was able to weasel his way in there. See any celebs? I say weasel. Campbell took us right up to the Brown Foreman Suite. It's called the Finish Line. Yeah. And Campbell took us up there. And just for a view, eh, we had a quick cocktail while we were up there and that. And, um, yeah, but to go back to the Turf Club, that was where we saw that, I think his name, what's his name? That's the guy from the Black, uh, Chris Robinson? Black Crow's lead singer, Chris yeah. Robinson, oh, was cool. there. Did you see the Colonel yeah, from KFC? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll tell you though they give they give away like it, our ticket costs included free uh, free drinks and free food and so and I'm telling you we weren't just VIP that there was probably I'm gonna say twenty thirty thousand people enjoying free drinks or free food so yeah. I never I didn't want to be rude enough to ask what my ticket cost though so. <laughs> you didn't pay for your ticket. No, I. Uh, so you were a winner. You were a winner before you even got so, to the derby. So, so did you talk to Chris Robinson from the Black Crows? Because uh, Hudson sent me a picture of him with Chris Robinson in the background, and he's like, "I'm going to go talk to him. I'm going to tell him about Taz and Jim. I'm going to get him to give you guys a shout out. You can play it on the radio." Uh, yeah, how, yeah well. how much time passed before you? All the girls, all the girls were chatting with him. I couldn't get in. I couldn't get in there. There's too many people around him. What but was I'll it like? One thing. Okay, go ahead. One of our one of Campbell's buddies uh, that we were with, we were hung around with some great people, all with Louisvilleites, like just really good, solid Southern people. And Clark, one of the guys, said um, we went to the uh, the Oaks running on the, the Friday to get climatized to the place at Churchill Downs. And one of the and he says, okay, this is how you bet, guys. You bet this one bet. I, I can't get in. It's called an exacto bet, and it bets on all the long shots. Yeah. So we spent one hundred eighty six dollars on the Friday on a bet. And uh, we didn't win anything because it was all sort of the favorites that won. Yeah. So we did the same bet on the Saturday, and that bet cost us $386, I think. Uh-huh. Same coverage. And, of course, our boy, Rich Drake, came up from nowhere, and it was almost the crowd was dumbfounded because everybody's expecting that percent or maybe Messier to win. And all of a sudden, 
Rich Strike just comes up, and if you watch the review of it, the way the jockey manipulated that horse through the crowd was amazing, especially since the horse wasn't supposed to be in the race. The horse got into the race 30 seconds before the deadline on the Friday. Yeah, people must, so, people must have been like, did that, because it doesn't happen. That, in horse racing, that does not happen. Last happened is 1913 when the odds were 90 to 1. <laughs> so people just kind of sat there and, and were thinking to themselves, did I just see what I think I saw? It must have been replayed a couple times before it sunk in. And I looked at Mike Kennedy. I was with Mike Kennedy and his wife, Laura, and I looked over at Mike and I go, Laura's B's sister. I go, I go, so what do you think? And he goes, and Clark looks over at us. He goes, guys, you won. You won something. And so when he cashed the ticket up, we won 2000 We split $2,080. Yeah, so, yeah, that's fun. Yay! All right. Did you see anybody there you, who like lost their house dollars. or acted US like... Dollars. Did yeah, you see anybody can, really upset? Can you see people like uh, kicking the ground, uh, crying as they leave? Uh, <laughs> oh, but you just know, like there was one guy. There's a uh, a fellow that owns a company down. I don't know what it is in Louisville. He bets a million dollars every year, and um, he, of course, all the proceeds go to the charities that he chooses in the Louisville area. And he, I don't know, who knows whether he bet on it or not. But uh, I mean, it's like I saw a guy at the airport coming home yesterday, Detroit airport. Um, he was wearing a barrel, <laughs> nothing else. <laughs> yeah, very much. He, bet, he just walked up three minutes before the race. He put twenty dollars on Rich Strike, and he he won sixteen hundred U.S. So. Oh my That's God, sweet. that would be but incredible. I, I do. I really think you got to get try it. If, I, I'm, am I a horse guy? Yeah, I love watching. Okay, the, the, the I love this. I love. I love Hudson's record. You guys, if you ever get to go to the Kentucky Derby with the uh, one of the guys who is like the the king of Kentucky, I recommend you do it. <laughs> Everyone I met was so nice. Everyone was so happy. Yeah, it's, yeah. Because yeah, you were VIP all the way, and you didn't have to pay for anything. It's, it's, it's after the horse, both days after the race. Like um, Churchill Downs is like right sort of the epicenter of Louisville. But when you come out, you're in these neighborhoods where it's just like the Westside Fair. People are up front telling you to park in the front lawn for 20 bucks. So we walked down the side street, and there's a bar called Shamalama Ding Dong. And it's not a bar. It's these people's house, and they put tents in their backyard. And it's sort of like a ritual to go to their house after the derby. We went both days in a row, had some, you know, eating ribs off their barbecue, drinking beer. It was so fun. Shemalama Ding Dong. There's the recommendation. It, it's so it, that's hilarious. It's the money that is spent on this spectacle that is the Kentucky Derby, and the most fun you had, the most memorable part, was oh. drinking beer in someone's backyard, Eat, eating eating southern fried ribs. <laughs> nice, Hudson. We're glad you had fun. We're glad you won some money. Thanks for the recap, and congratulations to anyone who was smart enough to bet on Rich Strike to win the Kentucky Derby. This is the. T- as in Jim Podcast. Have you got your beach bod ready? If not, here's the solution. This crazy son of a gun went went ahead and did it. We've all thought about it, but never had the gut. <laughs> Man is summer ready after getting a six-pack tattooed on his stomach is the headline <laughs> from the mirror over in the UK. Dean Gunther, 34 years old, says he's been going to the gym for years. It never took. I mean, is that even true? <laughs> so he decided to uh, to go to a tattoo artist, and he has gotten a six-pack tattooed on his uh, tummy. <laughs> boy, oh boy. This, I gotta say, looking at this photo of the tattoo, the tattoo artist, incredible. There's highlights and there's shadows. Like, the tattoo artist did a really good job. It is photorealistic. Oh, unbelievable. You've thought about doing this before, Jim, I'm sure. I've done it many a time with a Sharpie. (laughs) 
just for fun, you know. Right. You just draw the lines. Sure. You yeah. draw the lines. This is more than that. This is from a distance if you squint. Yeah, you can see the sure, reflections sure. off of yeah. it. And- Until he turns sideways. <laughs> you go, wait a second. What am I looking at here? Another issue is this guy is um, he's full on ginger. Uh, his skin tone is borderlines on translucent. <laughs> the tattoo, the the six pack, the coloring is they didn't match it very yeah, well. I'd call it at the very least sun kissed. It's a little darker, right? So <laughs> now I think he has to get the rest of his torso and his face tattooed <laughs> the same color as his. As his six pack, but other than that, yeah, nice job by the tattoo yeah. artist. Also, you know what? Speaking of the gingerness, Treasure Trail is brown. You notice that? You can see that he's got the. You treasure know the carpet tra- doesn't always match the drapes. It doesn't. Is that is that Treasure Trail tattooed on there, uh, or is that hundred yeah, percent? Again, attention for detail by that <laughs> tattoo artist. But I mean, I've seen not the abs tattooed on before, but I've seen ladies with their eyebrows tattooed. Right? Yeah. I've talked about maybe getting my hairline, the tattoo, so it looks like I got stubble going on the top of my we bald head. We met a guy, and it actually looked believable. Yeah, I never you never would have known. This, this one I don't think he's getting away with. <laughs> on the other hand, you see this guy at the beach? Yeah. <laughs> By the way, he stopped at the pecs. So it's, it only goes up to his rib cage. So it only works if he's like pulling his shirt up. So if he takes off his shirt in public, the, the illusion is absolutely ruined. It's a work in progress. Yeah, yeah you can wa- only afford the abs. You want to check it out, we'll post the video of this guy, Dean, who got the abs tattooed. Bit of a hero, you know? He went for it. (laughs) With the abs tattooed on his gut on the Taz and Jim Facebook page. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. We need to go see a matinee this week. Jim and I were talking earlier about the uh, the Doctor Strange movie, how apparently there's some big reveals in it, but we don't want to hear the spoilers before we get a chance to see the movie. So we're going to go check it out. But when we do go see... Doctor Strange, no making out, okay, Jim? You huh? keep your hands to yourself. Whoa, why? Well, I just don't want everyone to find out about it. This is a video that has gone viral. A woman who works at a movie theater talking about some uh, common misconceptions. Movie theater misconceptions. It's dark. They can't see what we're doing, even if they do have cameras. Wrong. They're infrared, so I can see everything that you're doing, whether you just snuck in food and drinks, or if you're just actually trying to get it on, you will be kicked out. Wait, what? They've got infrared cameras, like the Predator, inside movie theaters to see in the dark? I did not know that. <laughs> Note to self. Are they? Like, is a guy going to rappel down from the roof and kick you in the face if you snuck in a pop or something? Like, how much security do they need? Infrared cameras. <laughs> Remember, I was talking about how I snuck a, a full-sized uh, foot-long sub? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Into hilarious. the Batman? Yes. <laughs> they knew about it the whole time. I thought I was getting away with one. <laughs> oh, man, I better be careful. Yeah. Hmm. You're still, you're, you're not married yet, so you. this is a concern if you and Sarah go see a movie. Oh, yeah. I guess I'll leave my carved out popcorn bowl at home this time. <laughs> okay. Good to know. <laughs> Watch out for those infrared cameras. <laughs> 
at the movie theater. You hear that, teenagers? Is this, do they actually have this, or we said this before, is this like the blue dye in the pool if right. you pee in it? This is just like a warning. Yeah, because I, I was the uh, building attendant, the maintenance guy, janitor at the London Aquatic Center when yeah. I was when I was younger. And first day on the job, I'm like, okay, where is it? Where's that chemical we put in the pool so if you pee, it turns from blue to, to red and follows you around? And they told me I was heartbroken. That's just something we tell kids so they don't be in the pool. It doesn't really exist. Maybe the infrared cameras huh. at the movie theater aren't real. Maybe they are. There's only one way to find out, Jim. <laughs> Our makeout session is back on. This is the Taz and Jim podcast. Jim had, had some big plans, went down to Costa Rica with his fiance Sarah. Mm-hmm. He said you had a great time down there, Jim. Yeah, I did. It was fun. How was the travel? I, I do hate going on planes. Uh, it's only I think it was a five-hour flight. You know, not crazy, but uh, no meal served. You had to buy it if you wanted one. I just It's crazy how small planes are. Like, they I, cram I, you I, in, don't even they? Even like 15 years ago, there, there's been like a huge change in, in how many people they cram in there. It's ridiculous. And uh, while there was one moment, well, actually, I'll say three moments that made me uncomfortable on the flight. Somebody dropped a a bomb like somebody farted really bad at like one hour into the flight and my girlfriend looked at me and was like was that you Uh-oh. i was like absolutely not and it like kept on growing you know you get the first whiff and then it like and it keeps increasing it's in its power yeah so like we busted out the hand sanitizer and like i put a little under under my nose she had some like <laughs> like smelly hand sanitizer so i put it under there it was that bad you used- and by the way this is through a n95 mask that you're forced to wear then so i i was through oh, the, the masks mask. are still on the masks are still on in the planes so it went but through you're the using mask. you're using a little container of hand sanitizer as a neti pot basically a hundred percent because the fart was that bad yeah some like smelling salts and then so you know that lingered for about seven minutes thought it was finally over half an hour goes by another bomb dropped and like Mm. i was so mad and the weird thing was i was trying to act like it wasn't me it wasn't me but i was also trying to like like being like what look around like who is this that's the problem what you can't say anything because if you if you said who is this then people are going to think it was you and you're just trying to cover your tracks. Oh yeah. Like if but, you if you made a for lack of a better term a big stink about it mm-hmm. and you stood up and you're like okay who's farting? That smells so bad you're making our flight unbearable. Everyone would be like, oh, it was that guy. <laughs> yeah. That the pilot guy. would come over the announcer Now Dost <laughs> protest too much. <laughs> the pilot. Um, I'd like to remind all passengers here that whoever smelt it, dealt it. <laughs> but, like, there was the third time it happened. Like, I, if, I, if it happened one more time, if it happened four times, I was just going to say, not to the whole flight, but just to the people around us, Loud can somebody please that- go sit on the toilet and, like, yeah. get, get you know, like, relieve yourself here and do us all a favor? Because it was, like, that bad. Loud enough that anyone within nose shot could yeah. hear you. But I was trying to, like, figure out who it was by body did language. Did you have some suspects? I did. There was a, there was a, a whole family freak, uh, speaking French behind us, and I, I know what it's like after I eat too much poutine. <laughs> they were suspect number one. <laughs> you also kind of always go to if there's, like, someone who's really muscular that they're doing the protein shakes. Yeah, true, true. And you got to be careful how you uh, how you approach that situation because they can probably bench press you. <laughs> 
He eats you. <laughs> but then there was a lady beside me who was eating a fruit tray and also wh- white wine. Mm, the uh, vegans also yeah, prime suspects. Yeah, and it was so close. That's why my girlfriend thought it was me. It was so like near us. It was so fresh around us. It was somewhere close. It sounds to me like Sarah may have gotten away with the perfect crime here. <laughs> because I noticed your fiance was not on the suspect list. No, no, because I know her brand. You know, I'd recognize that. It's like a mating call. <laughs> <laughs> but eventually it went away. Whoever had it in them got it out of them and you're I don't all right. know. Maybe I just got used to it. Like maybe I just got climatized. But am I good? Like I've... I've heard people talk about this on flights before, that it's a problem or on buses or something. This yeah. is the first time it's ever happened to me, and it was horrible. Do they make a higher than an N95 mask? N96, 97 maybe? Yeah. <laughs> I need like a N142. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to keep dropping bombs like that on the airplane. I want to see you peacock, you peacock. It's time for sports with our sports guy, Devin Peacock. We're talking Toronto. Not the Leafs, you know. Last night, an anomaly. They'll be fine tomorrow night against Tampa Bay. Uh, Instead, let's talk Raptors. And apparently Raptors fans got under someone's skin here, Dev. Yeah, the playoffs are over for the Raptors players, but for the Raptors fans, they're still engaged with uh, Joel Embiid. He was talking about the team, specifically the fans, over uh, the weekend. He's not upset with Pascal Siakam, who injured him in Game 6. There was an elbow to the face. He missed the first two games of the Heat 76ers series. He is upset with Raptors fans, saying that he had always thought Toronto had great fans, But the way they responded to his airplane celebration and injury in Game 6 changed his mind about the fans up there. So after he got elbowed by Siakam, Raptors fans cheered. And after he gave the airplane celebration, once he was, you know, flying high and, you know, eliminating the Raptors, some fans yelled F you at him. Oh, oh, no. no. No other sports franchise's fans would react that way. What do you think is going to happen when you start pretending you're an airplane and just running around the court? Wow, he's good. Oh my God, is that a real airplane? Wow. <laughs> but also, uh, hey, Joel, you know you play in Philadelphia, right? I mean, this is like the, the city of brotherly love has got to be one of the hardest places to play, whether you're on the home team or the away team. The idea that fans would say F you to you, like, so what? That's a sign of affection if you're an athlete playing in Philadelphia. <laughs> fans start yelling F you, you say, oh, thank you, and an F you to you as well, <laughs> sir. Kind of reminds me when Clay Thompson went down in the finals when the Raptors won and the Raptors fans did cheer when he, I don't know, tore his ACL. Pretty significant uh, injury. Are Raptors fans ruder than average fans, though? Well, when Pascal Siakam elbowed uh, Joel Embiid, no one knew, including the 76ers, how serious the injury was. So all they saw was their star elbow the other team's star in the face, and and they were getting their butts kicked. And so everyone, myself included, thought it was great because Joel (laughs) Embiid, as fantastic a player as he is, is also a giant troll. So I don't think Raptors fans are any worse than any other fan base out there. Joel is not a giant troll. He's a giant airplane, guys. <laughs> Here comes the airplane. <laughs> this is the Taz and Jim podcast. The uh, London Knights going to have some time to enjoy the sunshine this week, unfortunately. Yeah. Tough one, eh? Oh, 
I, I went to that game against Kitchener, Game Seven last Wednesday, and they had so many opportunities. The the shots that they had were like, I think it was they had double the shots on net mm-hmm. that the Rangers had in that game. But you know, sometimes it's just not in the cards. Yeah. Don't get the right bounce. and They lost game seven in overtime. So we are 100% all in on the Hamilton Bulldogs now. We were before, but we're 110% now. <laughs> Go Bulldogs. <laughs> they, they do seem unstoppable. Yeah. They beat the Steelheads yesterday 4-2. They continue to sweep. Uh, the playoffs. They have not yeah. lost a game yet in the playoffs, and they are still the the favorite to win the Memorial Cup this year. I, it's going to happen. I hope. Like they 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 seem like a team of destiny. I, I'm, what is going on in Hamilton, though? I'm a little disappointed to see empty seats at the games. Like this mm. is the this is the greatest hockey team in the history of the city, and there's there's a lot of blue. Empty seats, if you look at pictures or if you see a game on TV. Mm-hmm. Hamilton, why aren't you going to these games? I've heard this before. I remember one of our sales guys who's plugged into the OHL, Tom, he was talking about Hamilton three or four years ago and said, they always, you know, they've got great teams, but the 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 the, the crowd never gets sold out. I don't know what, so this has been a constant thing. Someone told me that it's because Hamilton is slowly being taken over by people from Toronto who can't afford to live in Toronto anymore. And they they don't bring that civic pride with them. Mm-hmm. They're still cheering for the Leafs instead of getting on board what's in their backyards now. Mm-hmm. Is that true? L- let us know. If you're a Hamilton hockey fan, tell us why these games are not selling out. Is it bad times? Is it hard to get to the arena? What's up? Yeah. Start going. <laughs> We're going to start going. Yeah. 100% I'm going to see the Bulldogs yeah. play. Maybe it's one of those things where it takes one championship team to come around to light a fire under the fan base's butt, and then you know the kids right. get into it, the families get into it, and then... Uh, Everyone it, likes cheering for a winner. Yeah. Well, it looks like this team is, is full of winners. Yeah. Well, I mean, L- London gets good crowds uh, too, but that, didn't, that wasn't always the case. Yeah. They had, in the early 2000s, they had to win a couple Memorial Cups. Mm-hmm build a new arena and that really turned things around in london mm-hmm. let us know what's going on with bulldogs fan this is the taz and jim podcast we're hoping all the moms were feeling the love yesterday mother's day are you able to uh see karen kelly jim? no give her a phone call that's it but uh, hoping to see her this week did you buy her anything no no Oh boy! I was away all week. I, I, yeah. I, I, honestly, I totally forgot that it was Mother's Day. Uh, I'm I, not a great. Son. I called Mama Taz and I said, "Hey, Mom, uh, for Mother's Day, remember when I took you for brunch a couple weeks ago? I had so much fun. I think we should do that again. Let me take you out for lunch or dinner sometime." Oh. That's good. I thought you were going to say retroactively that yeah. was your Mother's Remember Day. Remember the brunch two months ago? That was your Mother's <laughs> Day present. I hope you liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I did. No, but that's a, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. I also kind of forgot to buy my mom something, mm-hmm. but now she thinks I want to spend time with her, which is the greatest gift you can give a mother. That is. You know what? I read about the woman who invented Mother's Day or like lobbied the government to make it a holiday or a, like a special day. Regretted it. She ended up regretting it because it came became too corporatized. So in her honor, I think you should see your mother 
Spend time. Yeah, yeah. Spend time with mom. Have some laughs with mom. Exactly. That's what we were doing on the show last week with uh, Will Your Mom Do It. Thank you to everyone. I wanted to, because we got a ton of entries for this contest. Unfortunately, uh, we couldn't call everyone's moms um, and and give everyone's moms presents. But uh, there's always next year. So thank you for for entering the contest. If you entered and you didn't get in, uh, we, we appreciate you still. And we think your mom's great. (laughs) We did have five contestants who asked their moms to do pretty ridiculous things. If you didn't hear the contest, here's a little sample. This is uh, Noel calling his mother-in-law, Brenda, asking if she can bring him a clean pair of underwear. Hello? Hey, Brenda. Hi, how are you? Hey, I'm okay. I'm having a day. Um, yeah. I'm I'm wondering if you would be able to uh, help me out here. I'm kind of stuck at work, and I can't really get out of here. Okay. Um, <clears throat> what do you want me to do? It's kind of embarrassing, but uh, I think I might have I might have pooped my pants. Oh, okay. So, what do you want me to do? Uh, okay. So, I not only pooped my pants, but I got all the way down into my socks so i need oh no i know i know it's disgusting and embarrassing but oh, uh, no. i don't think of anybody else to call so yeah I'm that's fine that, okay i'm hoping that you would be able to possibly swing by the play, my place and grab some uh some clean drawers and socks and pants and bring them to me yeah i can do that where are you that, i am at at my office Okay. Uh, and while you're at it, Brenda, while you're at it, you might as well bring a new office chair for him as well, because, uh, yeah, we think that thing's going in the garbage, too. Yeah, a Glade plug-in, too, if you wouldn't mind. <laughs> bring some spray. You know what? Because if you could get a three-by-three three piece of gray carpeting to... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Brenda. Um, <yeah>. Okay. <laughs> it's Taz and Jim. You're live on the radio. Are you kidding me? Yeah, no. Noel didn't actually poop his pants. This time. Oh, my God. <laughs> Watch. He probably will tomorrow, though. Oh, it's going to be the, it works. the boy who cried wolf. <laughs> oh, my God. I love how no-nonsense Brenda was. Oh, okay. What do you need? Yep. Let me get out my <laughs> pen and pad. Let me write it down. Pants. Socks. <laughs> I'll see you in 25 minutes. <laughs> Brenda walked away with tickets to see Rod Stewart at Budweiser Gardens this summer and a $500 gift card to Charm Diamond Centers. Thank you, Charm Diamond Centers, for sponsoring Will Your Mom Do It this time around, and you made uh, some moms very happy last week. Such a great prize. Uh, and I think my favorite part of every call, as funny as each one was, my favorite part was the mother's reaction to getting Rod Stewart tickets. He's still hot. The ladies <laughs> still love him. You know? Oh, my God. I got to see Rod Stewart. <laughs> I still got it. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast.